0: Peace to you. Welcome back to the Naked Truth and Happy Holidays. We're going to pick up where we left off in the book of Isaiah, chapter 23. Of course, I wish, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Mine was nice. We're going to begin with verse 1, um, if you want to read along with me. Uh, the burden against Tyre, well, you ships of Tarshish, for it is laid waste, so that there is no house, no harbor from the land of Cyprus. It is revealed to them. So again, Isaiah is the one the book is named after. He's the prophet or also known as a seer, someone who's been in touch, believed to be in touch with God, getting messages directly from God. And We've gone over the name of God again and again as we try to understand what the scriptures mean, so we won't get into all of that. Um, but he has a vision now, and it's referring to, as you can tell by the headline, Proclamation Against Tyre. It's the same Tyre that exists in modern times, and the last thing I'll say is, as always, please forgive me if I mispronounce any of these. There's also a, a footnote about the where it says Cyprus. It says that um, in Hebrew, that word is Kitim, and it refers to the Western lands, especially especially Cyprus. Um, and this is all of this is taking place and refers to an area in the coast. And a region of the Mediterranean. Verse 2 Be still, sorry, I hit a button there. In the, there we go. Verse 2 Be still, you inhabitants of the coastland, you merchants of Sidon, whom those who cross the sea have filled. So um, the prophecy, it seems, refers to both Tyre and Sidon, and they're often mentioned together. Um, and they are close to each other on a map. You can look and pull them up and see they both exist in modern times also. And this prophecy, like the one we read in first in chapter 22, and most all of these have already come to pass for the most part. Isaiah wasn't, if I recall, so much an end times prophet as much as he was uh, a prophet. The prophecies he gave certainly came true, at least the ones uh, referring to Jesus. Uh, specifically, um, but I don't recall him as being more of an end times apocalyptic prophet, but don't quote me on that. He may be. Um, we're just reading, just trying to understand it. Um, but it's saying that um, the people who've been enriched by the capitalism that Tyron Sidon, or at least Sidon, has participated in, they're going to be upset by seeing that business as, as halted. Um and when it says filled, there's another footnote saying the uh, Masoretic, so the Masoretic, when it refers to that same text, and the Vulgate, so it is referring to other scriptures, and the Septuagint, uh, and Targum, that they, they all, though all those different scriptural sources, in some versions of the Bible, they'll be footnoted as like an M or a V or an S, like at the bottom. Um, Whatever the case may be, it's saying those different sources are all read that um, passing over the water instead of um, crossing the sea have filled. Um, and the Dead Sea Scrolls read your messengers passing over the sea. So apparently, Isaiah's prophecy is also mentioned in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which some what survived of them are available online. If you're interested in seeing them, there. Um, pretty interesting. They're pretty deep. Um, so, uh, But they're out there. Verse 3. And on great waters, the grain of Shehor, the harvest of the river, is her revenue. And she's a marketplace for the nations. So it seems what Sidon is doing is acting as a capitalism center. The same thing that Babylon in Revelation. It's not the Babylon we read prophesied about a chapter or two ago but instead the the apocalyptic Babylon that I believe is America. It's the same sort of description, capitalism being its downfall, that it's market and trade and everything, including human lives in the form of slavery even. And in America, America's guilty of that um, in its roots and its present day in not paying the reparations, which it could easily pay. It could easily pay the reparations, for the descendants of slavery like i said before with the cost of nine f-25s uh with the cost of that all the black people in america wouldn't have grounds to whine uh, about reparations again it would be paid and then it wouldn't only be black people entitled to it i see someone recently has started a comedian you could search it and find and see it that there's a comedian who's done I don't know whether he's taken my suggestion or not I'm probably not the first to come up with it of suggesting that the someone should come forward if they want to be rich and famous by declaring demanding the bible be banned if these people who are so claim to be so anti-woke and so free speech warriors if they weren't if they weren't so sensitive like they pretend and project other people to be then they would open up the Bible and read it, not just thump it and see that the same things they oppose are right there in the Bible, right here in the Bible, in plain English, translated plain English. Uh, but they'd reveal the hypocrisy if they did that. So anyway, uh, verse, um, tw- verse four, be ashamed, O Sidon, for the sea has spoken, the strength of the sea, saying, I do not labor nor bring forth children. Neither do I rear young men, nor bring up virgins. So it sounds like what the prophecy is saying, that the waters, the sea, is not going to cooperate with Sidon anymore. It's not going to be its bank that it can go to to keep uh, uh, withdrawing from, from and prospering from, that it seems nature itself is going to turn against Sidon. And again, this is prophecies, but they're prophecies that I've but I'm presuming they've already come true um, In different parts of the Bible We can read about where some of them have uh, Verse 5 When the report reaches Egypt They also will be in agony At the report of Tyre So it seems the news Is going to spread fast To uh, some of the nearby countries Egypt is also a Mediterranean country And they're going to hear About what's happening with Tyre Verse 6 Cross over to Tarshish well, you inhabitants of the coastland. So it seems Isaiah is saying that the people who are in the coastland should get ready to flee, run for their lives. Verse 7, is this your joyous city, whose antiquity is from ancient days, whose feet carried her far off to dwell? So Isaiah is saying that Tyre, Sidon, these areas are ancient, and they've been around a very, very, very long time and that their ways are set in stone in a sense. And yet, in um, and, and the sense that even they, they've been able to travel and uh, see the world. I think that's what the last part of verse 7 is saying. But let's see verse 8. Who's taken this counsel against Tyre, the crowning city, whose merchants are princes, whose traders are the honorable of the earth. So yeah, I think verse the end of verse 7, that's what it's saying, that they've... Um, laid a foundation there steady and solid and they've been able to take their feet they've been able to travel and expand their commerce to other places and do business all around the world uh, with the honorable of the earth as it says verse 9 the lord of hosts has purposed it to bring the lord of hosts has purposed it to dishonor the pride of all glory to into contempt all the honorable of the earth. So it seems that the honorable of the earth that were won over with the capitalism that Tyron and Sidon were engaging in, again, much like America, they seem to be on God's ish list where um, they're targeted and um, going to be taken down, humbled. Why? I'm not real sure. Again, other than the whole slave thing, which isn't mentioned here, but it's mentioned again and again in other prophecies throughout the scriptures. And I think that goes back to what we read. That's one of the foundational things that people were told when they themselves were emancipated from enslavement in Africa through the Exodus story, um, that one of the things that they were told they were to receive was reparations from the Egyptians who enslaved them, and they received them before they left. And yet now in America, we see it's been hundreds hundreds of years since the whole slave mess started, and yet the descendants have not yet been paid, even though the enslavers, the slave owners, were already paid years ago, almost instantaneously. And then also still allowed to form militias like the Klan and still be empowered to form police systems around the country to terrorize black people continually, even though black people were quote unquote, emancipated. Just wickedness in a nation that claims to be God-fearing and Christian, completely wickedness, complete wickedness. Verse 10, overflow through your land and like the river, O daughter of Tarshish, there's no more strength. So now it seems um, the, uh, the advice, the prophecy, um, is um, is is spreading even to Ethiopia, Egypt, Africa, the neighboring areas. That's where the reference to the river is comes in. It's saying there's a footnote there. They are saying it's letting you know it's talking specifically about Nile. Um, why though? Verse eleven. He stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook the kingdoms. The Lord has given a commandment against Canaan to destroy its strongholds. So it's been a while since we heard Palestine, Israel, the Holy Land, whatever you want to call it, be referred to as Canaan. But here it is. Isaiah is referring to it as Canaan. And those were the people who, uh, some of the more original uh, inhabitants of that area. Um, But the prophecy is saying that it's reaching to them too. So it seems the prophecy is affecting all in that region, um, to, even with destruction. Verse 12, and he said, You will rejoice no more, O you oppressed virgin daughter of Sidon. Arise, cross over to Cyprus, there also you will have no rest. Wow, so the prophecy is not good for Sidon. It's saying that trouble's on its way, so they better run for their lives. And then telling them to run for your lives to Cyprus. But then when you run there, the trouble's going to follow you there too. It reminds me of what's happening now in Gaza. I have to be careful what I say there because I see they're changing laws quickly to say anyone who opposes anything that anyone certain people are even saying or doing can find trouble that way. So I don't want to say anything offensive at all to anyone because I don't consider myself anti-Semitic. I, like I said before, actually believe I have Jewish ancestry myself on my mother's side. All that being said, I think the facts speak for themselves, and I'm going to leave it alone. Last I heard was the whole Gaza thing that there were something like approximately 20,000 people who have been killed from the bombings. And there was something like, again, last I checked, and it was days ago now that I checked, Something like 30,000 bombs. So, just in doing that math, that math, it seems to me whoever's responsible for it has done very, very badly. I mean, because that would mean it took for every, it took one bomb to kill three people, a whole bomb to kill three people. So, either the numbers are being extremely undercounted, and I think that's almost certain. But also, the killing's been indiscriminate. The bombing's just been whoever, wherever, just drop it wherever you want to. Those lives don't matter. It seems to me to be what's being said without being said explicitly. And it's disgraceful. But uh, that's just my opinion, just the way it looks to me. And again, I'm not going to say anything else about it, but those numbers don't lie. And that, to me, just seems... One last thing. Seems to me, just like in America, and you can see it again and again with the police brutality, when the victim is black, it's a different outcome than if the victim is white, especially if the officer who does it is white. But if the officer who does it is black and does any sort of police brutality or violence to the victim, whether the victim is black or white, sometimes there's a narrow alley for justice there. Sometimes. Not always. There's a little boy who was shot by a black officer, allegedly. I mean, he has the gunshot wound, but allegedly shot by that officer. The officer didn't even lose his child and uh, is still walking around free. The officer's black. The child was black. The child did nothing, uh, nothing illegal. And, you know, was still a gunshot victim. He's, again, black in America. The outcome is very different, though. If you're white, if you're the victim is white and the officer is white, you may still be SOL. But if you're the victim is white and the officer is white, there's a very good chance where you can see some justice, something called justice, or at least you'll get a paycheck. You'll get a big, big check for the abuse you suffer. Um, And that, again, is more racism and white supremacy. Or even there, you have a leg up, literally a knee. Over, all off of off your neck over black people didn't mean to digress back to the oppression we're reading about here it seems that the prophecy is telling them uh is saying um they've suffered oppression inside and also there's not going to be any relief for them there's not going to be any relief with where they're at it's not going to be any relief for them when they flee to Cyprus either, even though they're being told to flee to Cyprus. And that's what took me off on that tangent. The people that's have, what's happening in Gaza, they were told, at least back when this was starting, to flee to one area for safety. Then that area was bombed. They were told to flee to another area for safety. And I believe same, another area was bombed. And it seems very strategic to me, but I'll leave it there because I don't want to offend anyone. But if they were black, the outcome would be very different. It would be, it would be like Edia Amin. It would be immediately, uh, condemned, and uh, internationally condemned. Would not be funded. That would be outrageous. And war crimes, uh, charges would be brought up, uh, expeditiously. There'd be no delay. But just like with January sixth, if you're white and you do something atrocious like storming a Capitol and trying to kill the vice president. If you're right and do that, justice will go at a molasses pace, and it won't actually be justice. It'll be slow rolled so that people can forget about it and the intensity of it and the wickedness of it and the flexing of the privilege of it all. Uh, Because if they were Black, and this isn't hyperbole, and it's not even so much supposition, look at what happened historically to the Black Panthers. They didn't do anything like that and were outright attacked by the government. Look at Black Wall Street, outright attacked with bombs dropped on them by the government after doing nothing, didn't do anything. And again, zero reparations, slow rolling what's called justice, and just turn the page so that people just forget. While things like the 45th president are still allowed to go out there and make money, raise money talk major crap about the same people who are over his trials while somehow still being out on bond. Really, really outrageous for anyone to try and tell someone black in America,
1: really anyone at all,
0: especially anyone white who's quote-unquote woke, that everything's equal in America. Everything is not equal in America, not by a long shot. Just my opinion. Verse 13. Behold the land of the Chaldeans, this people... Which was not. Assyria founded it for wild beasts of the desert. They set up its towers, they raised up its palaces, and to ruin. So it seems the prophecy is saying that historically the Assyrians helped raise up the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. That's what, if I understand correctly, the Chaldeans is another name for the Babylonians. And saying that their origins were also their ruins. The people who helped get them started were the people who ended them. Verse 14, Well, you ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste. So now again, it seems that the industry that Tarshish was relying on is a complete scone. Verse 15, according to the prophecy. Verse 15, Now it shall come to pass in that day that Tyre will be forgotten 70 years according to the days of one king. At the end of 70 years, it will happen to Tyre, as in the Song of the Harlot. Ooh, that should be interesting. So now the prophecy is being very specific that it's going to apply to one specific king and that one specific king's reign and uh, in a period of 70 years. And I think um, we read about that coming true already uh, in when we were going through the books of the Kings and um, Chronicles. Which one it is, I don't remember. Verse 16, here's the prophecy. Um, And this prophecy, it seems, is what the the, uh, working girls sing. Here's what they say, verse 16. Take a heart, go about the city, you forgotten harlot. Make sweet melody, sing many songs that you may be remembered. So it seems that the advice Isaiah has given the working girl is to advertise, go out there and make yourself known, let people know you're available. I mean, that's what happens in modern times. People will set up things online like an OnlyFans page or stand on a corner and walk the streets and find some business. Um, It seems that that's the advice that the working girls take. It seems he's giving the same advice to Tyre and Sidon or at least the Tyre, how will that apply? What does that mean? Verse 17, and it shall be at the end of 70 years that the Lord will deal with Tyre. She will return to her hire and commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world on the face of the earth. So it seems what Isaiah is telling Tyre to do is face the disaster that is determined toward it because the prophecy is going to happen. Deal with it. Deal with it in desperation Do what you got to do to make money Like the working girls do Sing a song and make your money Do what you got to do But then the prophecy is for 70 years At the end of that king Presumably the one that's going to conquer them And take them to their knees uh, Once that is up um, That they'll be able to look um, forward to something else Going back to their same old ways of um, When it says commit fornication it could mean literally the fornication of being unfaithful to those you're involved with. But more likely, it means fornication as in religious fornication, not being faithful to the God they're supposed to be, or at least have been preached to be religiously faithful to. That's my guess, is what it's meaning, not sexual fornication. But I'm thinking it's a metaphor, but it may mean literally. Let's keep reading. Let's see. Whichever it means, though, believe it or not, strangely enough, it's not one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit fornication is not one of the Big Ten. Verse um, 18, the last verse. Her gain and her pay will be set apart for the Lord. It will not be treasured nor laid up, for her gain will be for those who dwell before the Lord to eat sufficiently and for fine clothing. So it looks like even though Tyre will survive the disaster that's prophesied against it um, and return to what it was doing before, the capitalism it was doing before, the uh, gain from that capitalism that's being described as harlotry, um, tricking, basically, the gain that it um, sees won't be for itself, but instead it will be for the righteous somehow it will be turned over to, for the gain of the righteous, for the betterment, and um, probably sustenance of the righteous. It seems to be what the um, prophecy is saying, that the righteous will be taken care of, both fed and clothed, and clothed well, it says fine clothing at the end of verse 18, which is the end of this chapter. So that'll be the end of this portion of the reading of this part of the naked truth and we'll go to the passage of the day verse 22 if you want to read along with me let's turn over to its red letter the gospel book of mark um chapter 5 verse 36 so this is passage of the day number 22 if my count is right passage passage of the day number 22 it's mark five thirty-six. And it it is partially red letter. It reads, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. So I feel like just to be safe, just to cover, to get full context of why verse 36 is my passage of the day. The part I focus on is do not be afraid, only believe. That's Jesus's red letters letting us know whatever we're facing. Do not be afraid, only believe. Now, so we get full context. I'm going to read 35 with it. should have did that from the start, sorry. So verse 35 and 36. While he was still speaking, that's Jesus, some came from the center, from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, so while Jesus is saying what he was saying previously, the red letters he was telling um, the woman who was looking for healing so much so desperately and found it, while he's talking with her, someone else came up looking for help, and this is what they're saying: "Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further?" So imagine getting news that terrible if you have kids. Imagine getting news like that that your kid is dead from someone just like that, bluntly like that, no sort of uh warm-up or anything. But just and I don't know if in this case if there was or not, but in this. But imagine it, if you're getting news like that, just like that, that your child is gone. And why bother Jesus anymore? Don't bother praying anymore. Your kid is gone. Your child is dead. That's um, verse 35. But the part that stands out to me, the part that I hold on to or at least meditate on is in verse 36, the red letters. But to read the whole thing, let's begin. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, the part about, hey, your kid is dead. Why even bother praying anymore? Why bother seeking Jesus anymore? Why bother with God anymore? Your kid that you were hoping God was saved is gone. Imagine hearing that message. Now, Jesus hears that message. And here's what Jesus says to the person who was coming to him looking for help. He, turns, he tells that person, do not be afraid, only believe. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And that part, I think, is significant to my Christian walk to say that regardless of what happens, as they say, come what may. I don't say come what may. God forbid anything comes this way, but God let good things come this way. But regardless of what comes this way or what I happen to encounter along the way, I hold on to that verse as a passage of the day to say to my faith, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid, only believe. So basically like another passage of what Jesus tells us, have faith in God. So to fortify faith, that's why that's the passage of the day. And that's the end of this reading. So as always, I thank you for reading, thank you for reading along with me. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy holidays to you. New Year's is just a day away. This is New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is tomorrow. Since it's not quite midnight. Appreciate you reading along with me. I love you and hope 2024 is better than 2023 for me and for you. See you next time. Peace be with you.